You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. But you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Hey, as a quick heads up, I want to let you know that in my real life, you know I'm Conrad the Mortgage Guy, but we don't call our folks who help people save money loan officers like they do at the bank. I always thought that sounded terrible. Instead, we want to be your mortgage advisor. In fact, we want to be your mortgage advisor for life. And we take that honor very seriously. Check out this 4.83 star review. That's right. 4.83 from Jeffrey in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He says, I had worked with you last year to refinance our home before the interest rates dropped. Your team reached out to me to do the process again, to save me more money and ensure that I had the best rate possible. I've never been treated as just another person on the to-do list. Even after I was done doing business, they were still looking to see that I was in the best financial place possible. We're going to go ahead and take a look at your whole financial situation and see if we can improve it. Maybe you've got equity in your house and you've got some high interest rate credit cards. We've probably got some mathematical solutions to get you out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. Maybe we take a look at your current homeowner's insurance and realize, hey, uh, that might be kind of high. You might need another quote. Maybe we're going to make sure that you filed homestead on your house to make sure you've got the best deal on your property taxes. Whatever your circumstance is, if it's home related, we're going to try to take a look and find a way to get you the best deal possible. Just like they say on old WWE programming then now and forever you know it's like they used to say because when you're safe with conrad you're safe with conrad for life no seriously we want to help you save some cash and we want to do it today at savewithconrad.com nmls number 65084 equal housing lender you don't need perfect credit you don't need money out of your pocket and you can skip your next two house payments what are you waiting for get a quote right now find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com I love talking about our friend, Steven Singer. I'll tell you the competition must really hate this guy. He just makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better. And he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every customer, the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven Singer Jewelers and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than a guy sitting next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The guy next to you may be paying less. Do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven Singer. Because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price.
Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the master of ceremonies, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster, the master, in fact. Here he is, Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? I am excellent. How are you? And we have, I guess, we have firmly established who the does the best Spinebuster, haven't we? I think we have. Uh, WWE be damned. I think we know that that's Double uh, A, Arn Anderson. No arguments from the internet. The internet's always right, as we know. And uh, we're hoping that you guys are right today. We should mention right here, Arn, uh, this weekend, you guys have a, a little AEW pay-per-view action going down revolution. You excited, nervous, anxious. What are you thinking? No, no, no. Very excited. Uh, you know, it's a little over a year, a couple of months old, the company and it's uh man, everybody is on board and, uh, some of the angles that are coming together and matching up your best against your best. A lot of good things going on, and I cannot wait to get to the pay-per-view because Tony uh, Khan and the company and everyone involved, all the talent, production, you name it, they really pulled together by having only, like, what, four pay-per-views a year? Yeah. As it is. That's what I've always talked about. You can really concentrate and give your audience something special when you only have four, and that's what's coming. That's what's in store for the audience. And I can't wait. I can't either, man. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I can't believe that there's actually, uh, an exploding barbed wire match on pay-per-view in America. I'm not going to miss it. I'm fired up about it. And, uh, I hope everybody checks out, uh, what Arn is up to and say hello to our old pals, Jr. and Tony, and let's jump into it, man. It's hashtag ask Arn anything. We got tons of questions. There's no chance that we'll get to them all. Uh, this has become a really, really popular segment here on the show every other week we do it. So if you didn't get a a check, let me start that again. If you didn't get a chance to ask your question this week, you can ask it in two weeks. Just go follow us at the Arn show and be sure to use hashtag ask Arn anything. Uh, let's jump into it. Uh, Jerry, Eugene Hill says only wrote about the psychology that promoters used in making payoffs. In essence, the same dollar payoff can be viewed either positively or negatively, depending on its presentation. If Jimmy Crockett, instead of offering Arn 25 grand for the bunkhouse stampede pay-per-view and paying him half had instead promised Arn $10,000 and then presented him with an extra 2,500 bucks for doing such a great job. Would Arn have stayed with Jim Crockett or what contractual issues have still caused Arn to leave for the WWF. Very receptive. I'd still be there. Yeah. I didn't ask for 25. He offered it. Right. If I would have got the 10 grand, like he said, and the $2,500 bonus, I would have been thrilled. I would have went damn, pretty good payoff for, for one day's work. Right. And that's the way I looked at things back in those days. Very receptive. Yes, sir. I'd have still been there. Uh, let's do another question here. This one comes to us from Billy Calloway. Do you think you'll ever have an AEW match against Tully? Of course, this is coming up because Tully recently decided he was going to throw his hat in the ring with FTR. You think we'll ever see one last match with Arn Anderson in there? Number one, when that match is over, ask Tully how that worked out for him. I don't know how he got conned into that. And no, you will never see me in another match. I don't want to embarrass myself, the audience, or anyone else on the planet that might tune in to see that. 
I am really, really retired. U.S. expat fan Tokyo says greetings from Tokyo. There are many gaijin slash foreigners who became stars in Japan who did not have the same success in the mainstream United States promotions back home and vice versa. Williams, Gordy, Hanson, etc. From your experience in Japan, why do you think that's the case? Well, the Japanese love the big bruisers and that style, that strong style that they work. You know, some of our guys that were monsters, you know, that's the way they worked over here. Right. So it was a natural fit. I mean, you know, you, you look at Bruiser Brody, you look at Stan Hansen, you know, Doc, you know, Gordy, all those guys, the Steiners, they're not getting bumped around over there. They're doing the bumping and that draws money in Japan. You know, the bigger, the bigger, the guy, the Scott Norton's, the, the bigger monster, the more they like it, you know? Lance Archer went over after, you know, having a stalled career. I would just say for a moment, uh, he had a tryout with WWE that didn't work out. And he went to Japan and made a name for himself. And, you know, the guy's a big deal on AEW and he just gets better all the time. And, uh, his work, you know, really came together working in Japan. And I think it's a, it's a place for guys to go and, and get their legs up under them and, develop a style and, and then come back to the States. And they usually have a little more, uh, panache prestige and, uh, pretty much just an all around better commodity. You know, I wanted to give my wife the perfect Christmas present this past year. And you probably all know by now that I'm a big believer in paintyourlife.com. Dude, they hooked me up. I ordered my biggest print yet. I'll get a picture of it on social media this week. Uh, but this is the perfect gift, whether you're trying to score brownie points at home and give your wife something meaningful that you know she'll cherish forever, or maybe your extended family. Maybe you've got some aunts and uncles and cousins that you haven't been able to connect with, or maybe your mom and dad. Maybe because of this pandemic, we haven't been as close as we once were. Well, paintyourlife.com, man, they have a way of bringing us all together. And I know what you're thinking. If you're talking about those hand-painted portraits, that's got to be pretty expensive. It's not. It's truly affordable and the quality is unbelievable. Here's the way this works. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've just got to try paintyourlife.com. It's that simple. You see, you'll get a professional hand painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. You choose from a team of world-class artists and you work with them until every detail is perfect. They have an incredible user-friendly platform that lets you get a custom made hand painted portrait in less than five minutes. It's a quick and easy process, and you get a hand-painted portrait in just about three weeks. You send any picture, yourself, your children, your family, a special place, a cherished pet, or combined photos into one painting. This makes the perfect birthday, anniversary, or wedding gift. It's meaningful, it's personal, and it can be cherished forever. And I got to tell you, this has been a home run in every aspect of my life. I got one first, now I've given one to my wife. We've given one to her dad. We gave one to my dad. We gave one to my mom. We gave one to my cousin. This is the gift that keeps on giving. And at paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. You can get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, just text the word ARN to 64000. That's A-R-N to 64000. Text ARN to 64000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. 
Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com forward slash terms. Again, text ARN to 64,000. Here's one that we got a lot. Uh, Tristan wants to know, does Arn know that big E set up an online dating profile with his picture and how much heat is that going to get double a at home? Well, I'm pretty sure that Aaron's not on any dating apps, so she didn't see it. But recently big E revealed that he famously used your picture ironing a shirt, I believe, uh, as a dating profile and had a little fun with it, but he doesn't think he ever even told you, have you heard about this story? Absolutely not. So I'm ironing a shirt. I think you were shirtless backstage ironing one of your own shirts. He snapped a picture of you like a spy shot and set up a dating profile as you and never told you about it until just now. Well, number one, I'm certain it went viral, (laughs) which means big E now is responsible for making all those ladies, uh, just miserable because they got turned down, obviously, because I am married for 30 some years, 38, I believe. I was supposed to say it's close to 40 now. Happily married for 38 years. So what Big E did was throw me out his bait and no cigar. But I've not heard of that. I would love to see the messages he got, though. Don't you? Was he pretending for a moment that that was who was at the end of the rainbow? Yeah, I think it's referred to in that world as catfishing. So instead of using his own photo and communicating with people as Big E, he was communicating as Marty Lundy. Gotcha. And obviously the, them thinking that the voice and the picture was all in the same person. I, I really hope that he was respond. He was getting some messages from some ladies and they would be like, well, how are you doing? And he'd be like, well, I don't mean to brag, but to uh, toot my own horn, but toot toot. I mean, I hope he used all your old lines. Is it that gimmick infringement? Well, it probably is, but see, here's the thing. He's not using it on the masses. He's using it on ladies individually. And, uh, yeah, maybe he was, don't don't. Okay. Let's just move on. (laughs) Uh, Jared wants to know, finally listening to ask Arn 35. It's easy to find hats and seven and five eights. I have a collection of over 200 hats. I'd recommend that he shop at the hat club. So apparently lots of people out there have big heads, big old watermelon heads like me and you, and they're telling you there's hope. Sweet. Wasn't aware of it. The hat club. It is. Uh, this is from Alan. Hi from Ireland. Did Arn ever wrestle Joe LaDuke? Does he have any stories about him? He seemed like a legit strong dude. He was, and he was like, when I first went to Pensacola for three weeks, which I told that story, um, before I went to work for Bill Watts for five months, Joe LaDuke happened to be in the territory. We we're both heels, so we didn't work together, but he was working the territory back then. They were using him in a good position. He was working with Bob Armstrong, and, you know, he had a big rugged look about him, and I, I guess he was a legitimate tough guy. Mike Rubin wants to know, is it true that Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan had a contentious relationship in WCW when he first arrived? Piper thought he was the biggest star in the locker room and he probably was, 
a lot of the time. Um, I know he got over strong. Roddy Piper was a very influential guy in the business for a long time. And uh, obviously that would be a guy that Hogan would benefit from knocking off. And I'm sure that discussion went down many times. It just apparently never occurred. Marty Saban wants to know if Arn could hit anyone real or fictitious with a spine buster, who would it be? And why is it mayor McCheese? Why is it mayor McCheese? It's a McDonald's reference. So I know you don't have heat with McDonald's and, and you probably wouldn't want to spine buster any mayors, uh, whether they were from Knox County or not, but real or fictitious. If you owed anybody out there, a spine buster, who would it be? Probably whichever father or lack of father thereof that I had or didn't have growing up and left me with this hairdo in my gene pool, probably not only what I like to spine buster them, but so would both of my boys. <laughs> Is your other boy, uh, getting the old, uh, flesh colored yarmulke? hair challenged. Okay. Hair follically challenged. That's it. Yeah. That one. Yes. Michael McLenahan says, we know that Jim Hurd loved gimmicks and sponsorships. What would Arn have done if Jim had renamed him cheeseburger, Charles and renamed the spine buster, the whopper dropper went back to cutting meat. <laughs> I thought for sure you were going to hit me with the old, what does that pay? <laughs> but yeah. Uh, cutting meat's a good answer too. Yes. And it's absolutely true. Uh, Roger says, hope it's not too late or early for ask Arn, but here goes Arn, Did you or anyone, you know, ever turned down participating in an angle due to personal beliefs, sort of a deep, sort of a deep cut, but I guess you used to work for a company where the owner of the company once was in a tag team match against God. So it's probably a fair question. Hmm. I don't think I ever remember anybody putting religious beliefs in front of an angle. That's the question. Well, I think it's just any beliefs, but I sort of read it to mean religious beliefs. That's kind of the way I do. I mean, I'm sure it happened. Um, nothing comes to mind and Hey, we're entertaining, right? It's a wrestling business. I think God would understand if you're trying to feed your family, as long as it wasn't something that was so distasteful and so, you know, just evil, uh, you know, as long as it was done in the vein of entertainment. The family continues to grow daily at adfreeshows.com and the feedback we keep hearing. Why didn't I do this earlier? Ad-Free Shows is the place to be for all your favorite shows on video and the exclusive Red Hot Conversations with Conrad as Part 1 with Jim Crockett continues to climb in views and downloads, plus all the other amazing bonus content, including the Sad News Bears. Yes, Conrad's infamous group chat has its own show and it's off the rails with characters like the Casio Kid, Dave Silva, Doodoo Trucking Zone, Jeff Jewett, the gimmick attorney, Mike Dawkins, and we can't forget the breakout star on Water Dave. Huge Adidas guy. 
<laughs> so when Ric Flair signed with Adidas, I was excited to see what they were going to come up with. So yeah, Ric Flair, Ric Flair shoes. Ric Flair shoes. on a bitch. That's the same ones he wore in '89, uh, I think. <laughs> I love how it's got. <laughs> I love how it's got the little Ric Flair silhouette on there. It's got the RF. Down inside of it, it says, I'm having a hard time keep holding these alligators down. Does the other shoe have LF on it? LF is for left foot for those still thinking about it. Listen, these guys talk current wrestling, past wrestling, wrestling belts, and so many other topics in an entertaining way. So become a part of the family now. Enjoy this and so many other exclusive shows and events by making the decision to sign up today to join the fastest growing wrestling community at adfreeshows.com. Uh, here's another one. And this is one that we've sort of danced around before what we talked about you as Mr. Olympia, but here's a specific question about that run. Brian says, I recently saw a match where you threw fire at Mr. Olympia and continental. How difficult and dangerous is it to throw fire? Can you actually injure someone if a mistake is made? Um, uh, yeah, you can. And I think you just, the way it was explained to me and shown to me, and this was all done in about a 20 minute backstage you just toss it in the direction you don't try to toss it at the person obviously because it is flash paper and it will burn you if it hits you flush so just the idea that you somehow magically came up with a fireball and threw it at somebody the heat is in the intent and it's not meant to hit anybody in the face or the chest. If it does, you're going to get burnt. I saw uh, Jerry Lawler. I think it was Lawler or maybe it was Jim Cornette. Somebody once explained that you don't really throw fire. You present fire. Was that the way you would describe it? Well said for it to suddenly appear in your hands and in a fireball and just go in the direction within three or four feet of somebody still is in is a shocking situation how did they do that and uh you know god he just threw fire yeah throwing fire is not something that just happens through the normal course of life it's a little more advanced than getting a headlock yeah a little bit uh matt says i'd like to ask arn uh what it was it like to mix production production crews with the muppets Kermit the frog guest hope guest hosted raw. A lot of us probably missed that, but yes, in the era of celebrity guests hosts for raw Kermit, the frog got the nod once. What do you remember? No offense to Kermit, but I can guarantee you. I was probably taking a dump when that segment went on the air. (laughs) Just saying, but no offense, no offense. It happens. Uh, Harold of Galactus says any good stories from Dayton, Ohio, specifically Hera arena. Uh, this comes up because just recently they took that arena down. Sadly, I know that I don't know why, but we always ran 
that town in the winter. And it was one of those towns that had a very small airport and very few flights. That may not mean anything to the average Joe sitting home listening to this or the gentleman that asked the question, but it just seems to snow a lot there. And we always ran it in the winter because the houses were good because nothing else was going on. When there's snow on the ground, people will come to a wrestling match as long as the roads aren't closed or it's ice or foggy. But if it's just snow, we usually have a good house. And uh, the problem is you wake up the next morning, the airline is not as agreeable. And if you missed a flight out of Dayton, sometimes it would be four or five hours before you would be another one very limited flight. So it was a difficult place to fly in and out of. And that's one of the things that I remember the weather was bad. The house was good, but you may be struggling on getting home the next day. And when you only have a couple of days a week, sometimes, you know, a day and a half at home, those four or five hours are very valuable. Let me ask, uh, did you hear from Dave Penzer? Because I did about the shortcake story. It blew up online. Tell us what you heard from Mr. Penzer about the, the shortcake. He was just happy to, to get suppressed. I think he, uh, or he got hot as got hot as hell and then waited till he calmed down to call, to send me a, a text, but, uh, brought up some old memories. I used to t- travel with Pee Wee and Penzer quite a bit. And, uh, you know, we're still friends. We were, we were good friends at one time. And, uh, that's a classic story. You should have heard from, I would think, or somebody should have heard from the people of Dothan on how renowned that strawberry cheesecake is. You get a big response. Oh yeah, I did. I heard all about it and I will make it happen. Uh, Pins are even wrote on Twitter. Their strawberry shortcake was so good. I would have paid the $20 for a piece, but not for peewee to eat mine. Welcome to the <laughs> wrestling business. And, uh, Adam B says, I was just listening to that story for the fourth time today. When I came across this tweet, people think that's one of the funniest stories we've ever told on the show. And Dave Penzer says, telling all road road stories is what Arn does best. You got any other traveling stories with Pee Wee or uh, Penzer you can share with us? Um, God, it was just, you know, us goofing on each other all the time. I'll give you a a really insane road story. Doesn't involve these two. I hope that's okay. It involves Tony Gillum, who was a ring announcer, and Bobby Eaton. Okay. So Gillum would have been, I think, I'm not sure if it was before Penzer or after. Not sure. But. That was the, uh, makeup. Now it's Bobby Eaton and myself. We've got a minivan sitting in the back. It's Tony Gillum. Now we're going on highway 70 from Kansas city to someplace, whatever the town was. And it is pouring rain. Now this is in the afternoon. We had just got done eating lunch. And I, th- you know, it was, it was going to be one of those deals where we went to, I think we might've went to a buffet or something and really overdid it. And, uh, so Bobby and I used to have this 
little game we would play. It's called burp and blow. I would burp, blow on him. He would sell the piss out of it. He would sneak up on me, burp, blow it in my face. Very childish, very immature. But I so, like that. Yeah. Grown ass man. Yeah. Supposed to be badasses playing burp and blow. <laughs> uh, so we're going down the road about 70 miles an hour and it's raining like hell. And, uh, I caught Bobby not paying attention. I leaned over and burped and blew in his face. Just so happened we had loaded up on onions and garlic that day. And buddy, anybody knows Bobby knows he has a weak stomach. I mean, weak, and he will gag like you think he's been stabbed with a with a spear or a sword. So I burped and blew on him. And he whipped around and got a whiff of that and puked all over my chest. I mean, it was right on my chest. And man, I pulled over and he hit, he hit it again. And now he puked in my lap. I'm pulling off the road. There's cars squealing all around us, pull off the side opened the door. I went to pull that shirt off. And as I pulled it over my head, I got another whiff of his puke. And now I puked all over the windshield that set him off. Now he's puking in the floorboard. He's puking on the window beside him. He opens the door, falls out the right side. I'm on the left side. Now I got puke in my lap puke, which was on the shirt, the front of my shirt, right below my chin. I threw it off. I pulled my Zubas off. I'm naked on the side of Interstate 70, puking my guts out the door. End Burp, of story. Burp and blow. Burp and blow can lead to bad things. <laughs> friends and don't it, let friends burp and blow. Can you imagine some of those farmers and normal blue collar people in Kansas city riding down the road and they look over and see the van with both doors open and the pouring rain and two guys, Hey, that looked like Bobby Eaton and Arn Anderson and he, Arn Anderson was naked leaning out of a van puking our guts up. That had to be some, so that had to make some people think, Man, I'm having an acid flashback or something. I can't have seen what I just saw. Just another uh, another day in the wrestling business. Another road story. I want to give a heads up. You know, on all of my commercials for SaveWithConrad.com, you hear me say you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. I say that because I want you to understand we're going to work with you right now, even if you don't qualify right now. You see, we don't believe in no at First Family Mortgage. We believe in not yet. But don't take my word on that. Check out this five-star review from Nathan in Hobart, Indiana. He says, the level of personal service I received was fantastic. When I first contacted your office, I was not ready to get the best rate. Francis made a point to check with me every few months, just like she said she would during our initial call. Finally, my wife and I were ready, and the process was smooth sailing after that. Thank you all so much for saving us $300 a month and lowering our interest rate from 4.65 to 3.125. Most of all, thank you for being nice people 
Everyone we dealt with was great. The idea is even if your circumstance isn't right just yet, we're going to work with you and get you some advice on how to increase your credit score, increase your buying power, just get you on the right path to home ownership. We're not going to treat you like the big banks do, like you're just another number. This is First Family Mortgage, and you're our podcast family, and we want to help you save some cash and get on the right track for what your short-term goals are and your long-term goals. If you're looking to save money each and every month, we can help at SaveWithConrad.com. If you're looking to consolidate all of your debt and get it down into one monthly payment and kiss those high interest rate credit cards goodbye forever, we can help you at SaveWithConrad.com. If you're looking to pay your house off faster, we can do it at SaveWithConrad.com. Or maybe you're just looking to buy your first home and you're not exactly sure where to start. You start at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. No matter your circumstance, SaveWithConrad.com can help you get a plan. Bart wants to know, Lex Luger gets a bad rap for his in-ring work. What was it like wrestling him in 86 compared to 97 or even 1990 in the middle? Uh, talk to us about the evolution of Lex Luger, the in-ring performer. Well, you know, Lex he started out, he's green like everybody. He was protected when he was with us. We turned him baby face. He was protected again because he was working with us and we were teaching him and leading him through everything. And, you know, Lex got to a point to where, you know, he was never going to be a great worker because everybody can't be a great worker. If they would, or they could, they would be, uh, everybody cannot just become a great worker, but he was good enough that you could, along with his look and his body and all that, if you were experienced heel, you could get through a match with him. You know, Lex was, was not reckless or anything like that. He just, you know, he just got to a plateau in the business where he was as good as he was going to get. And he was as good as the guy he was working with. If you chose to feature the things he could do, I mean, he could press slam. you. He could do a lot of things, power slam, clothesline. Yeah. You know, a few standard standard things. He was no Ricky Steamboat or Barry Wyndham or Bobby Eaton or Ricky Morton, but he looked like a trillion dollars and uh, that was what he brought to the table. Let's do another one here. This is from the man of the nineties. He wants to know, is there a habit you picked up in your career? That's been tough to break. Hmm. God, I don't know. Well, yeah, yes. Since we were always, you know, for the last 38 years since I've been in the business, basically, if you're in the wrestling business, you work second shift at about half a third shift, to put it in layman's terms. From the moment you go to the gym that day, come home, you're on the clock. Then you drive to the town, you're on the clock. Then you wrestle, you're on the clock. Then you drive either back home or you go to the next town. And you're looking at, you know, 12, 14-hour days. Fact is, you're always awake 2 or 3 in the morning, no matter what, somewhere in that time frame. And being awake from, say, noon that day till 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, you get your clock set to being awake at those hours. So I'm home 
you know, I'll start watching the news at 11 o'clock, go to sleep. I wake up like clockwork, two o'clock, and I'll be up to 4.30. It's hard to get a good night's rest when you're just being woke up by your own internal clock. Right. I haven't, haven't been able to shake it. It happens every single night. You know, and I'll wake up a couple times during the night because of old injuries and my arm and hand being asleep or my neck hurting or my low back, you know, trying to go out on me. But that wakes me up different times during the night as well. But that somewhere in that 1.30 to 3.30 range, I pop open because I'm supposed to be awake, finishing a trip or whatever the case may be in my internal clock. KC says, can you ask Arn what his opinion is of Dave Meltzer? We know Jr. sometimes has a mixed reaction, but Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard wouldn't pee on him. If he was on fire, has Arn ever had an issue with something Dave wrote, or has he ever had a chance to meet or confront Dave? I mean, you and well, I've never had any sort of crosswords about Meltzer that I remember. No, I've never met Dave. I don't think I've seen him places. We've passed in hallways, probably nodded at him a few times. I, you know, everybody that wants to or can or has the aptitude or has the way in the door has a right in this country. If they want to get involved in the wrestling business, that's their right. And everybody has a right to an opinion. And, you know, the fact that he critiques our business is his option. Everybody critiques everything. Everybody's a half-assed politician. Everybody's a booker. You know, you can look at a TV show and go, well, damn, that was terrible. I'd have ended that differently or whatever. Anything you want to have an opinion about in this country, you can. And the fact that Dave makes a living being involved in the wrestling business, critiquing it and all that means that over the years, he's learned the business. Right. And he, and he knows a lot of times exactly what he's talking about. And I agree with him a lot of times. Sometimes I don't, but I see things from a different slant than most people. Cause I've been in every division other than operating a camera or setting up the ring. Um, there ain't much I've missed in this business. So I look at everything from a round, well-rounded perspective, I think. And some things that you wouldn't think that's the reason we did it and we don't put it out there. It would make all the difference in the world in the way you view it. But, you know, Dave's been around a long time. You know, he's a part of the business. A lot of people, you know, respect his, you know, opinion, as do I. Doesn't mean I agree with it all the time. I don't agree with anybody all the time. Uh, and mostly I just keep my mouth shut when I don't agree. Uh, but no, never cross word. Dustin King wants to know, I'm currently listening to, uh, R number three, my spot again, I just finished the surgery recap section of the show. The pain you described is unbelievable. I'm a grown man and my eyes teared up. Did you ever reconnect with the male nurse that you credit with saving your life? I did not. I wished I could. I wish I could. Um, no, you know, it's like I did, but I was able to thank him on my last day there. He actually came down and, and I want to say he's the guy that, that wheeled me out of the hospital and, uh, shook his hand, hugged, hugged his neck and 
just let him know you have no idea what you've done for me. And, uh, and I'll never forget it, but I, I did not get it back in touch with him. And, you know, it's like life mo- moves on and, and I'm sorry I hadn't, I, if he's out there and he knows who he is, uh, take a bow, man, because you work some magic on me. I thought I was going to have to end up doing something I really didn't want to do or never dreamed I would. And uh, you're the thing that, that stepped in and changed my thinking after my wife woke me up and said, hey, cut the bullshit. You got a wife and kids. You know, sit up in the bed and get your ass up walking. That started me getting well. Right. And then you came in and you gave me the proper medication and it's what they're there for. And that's what he said to me. You know, so many people abuse drugs and abuse medication and pills have killed a lot of people that should still be with us. But pain pills and pain medication is there to help you. That's what it's there for when you need it. Right. And thank God. I didn't have a big tolerance to it so that when he gave me the right combination, it worked. And uh, that's what it's there for. So God bless that guy, whoever he is. Pardon the interruption, but I just wanted to tell you really quick about two of the best ways to support The Arn Show. One is to pick up a shirt from ArnShirts.com, and the other is to grab a gimmick from BoxAgimmicks.com. It's the official store of The Arn Show. You not only support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts. So check out ArnShirts.com and BoxAgimmicks.com, and thank you for being a listener to The Arn Show. Over the years when you did have in-ring injuries, but you were trying to power through, did you have a go-to pain reliever or, or, or source for relief? You know, some guys prefer this or that. Did you have a favorite, to help make it well, more passable? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say I did, you know, I broke my neck three different times and, you know, I tore my groin one time and, uh, uh, like a lore set, was one of the things that I, that I found that didn't tear my stomach up so bad. Right. You know, the one thing that about pain pills is, you know, they help for a short time and to get you over the hump, but they constipate you. And when you got a bad neck, you know, only a person with a, with a really bad neck can explain this to you. But when you're on the toilet and you're constipated and you're trying to use the bathroom and you've got a bad neck injury and you're straining, man, it's like somebody stabbing you in the neck. Right. Cause it's all, you know, I'm not trying to be funny or anything else. Ask Matt Coon. Right. Friend of ours. Yeah. You know, he just had the surgery and, you know, and he sent me a message and I sent one back to him and I hope it helped, but it's, uh, you know, pain medication, you know, is meant to help you for a period. And I took those blue lore sets, you know, for a couple of, you know, up to a month, you know, of the, of the recovery time it took me, but you know, you get so constipated, you're tired of not being able to use the, the bathroom and then they're not as effective as what they should be. So you just wean yourself off of them. You, you know, and, uh, you just tough it out every day. It's just hard to imagine all the injuries that you pile up over the years that you don't have to find something. And, uh, I'm glad you did. Dismal abysmal says, 
Forgive me if this sounds woefully ignorant, but Cornette mentions how boys would speak freely or have clandestine meetings in the showers after matches. After the Brody incident in Puerto Rico, do you remember any of the boys ever being reluctant to meet in the showers? Mm, I don't think, I mean, that was like an old timer thing. I don't think that happened very often. It, you know, it was very seldom that guys go in the shower to discuss business or a match or anything. They'd probably, you know, just do it in the locker room or maybe out in the hallway or, you know, even go into the arena if it was empty, you know, very seldom would guys go into the uh, shower. I, I never saw that situation of guys going over stuff in the shower area. Number one, it echoes, which means everybody in the locker room can hear what you're talking about. Right. Which is, you know, people just don't think about that. But when we're going over a match or something or going over whatever a finish or whatever the deal is, you get wound up in that moment and you start dropping F-bombs and you get wound up. You're talking and uh, boom, 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 then this, and boom, 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 that. And then, you know, it gets loud and it gets emotional. It's like you go to that, that place in your mind and you're picturing it. And when you talk about it, it's like you're doing it. Right. And, you know, I would think with the echoing that goes on in most shower areas, that would be something like the guys would all look around and go, shit, what the hell's going on in there? You know, it's just being a, an annoyance, if nothing else. Here's one, uh, also from dismal abysmal. You mentioned having backstage discussions with and running ideas by Vince McMahon, but who or which company's regime was easiest to get your ideas across or change a promoter's mind on what they already had planned. Was it bill Watts and mid South dusty Rhodes or Jim Crockett and Jim Crockett, Jim Hurd or Eric Bischoff and WCW. What would you think? Well, the only one I actually approached was Vince. Everybody else. I just did whatever was asked. Right. Whatever you want. Tell me what you want. Piece of cake. Dusty was piece of cake. Uh, the night that I, uh, did my, uh, retirement speech, I went to Eric. I said, I have something in my head. He said, take all the time you need. And it worked out to be pretty good. Um, but he gave me carte blanche on that. I, uh, you, Bill Watts, I never had a conversation with, with him. He never even spoke to me until I found out that night at TV when dog said, ah, Bill Lundy looks just like Ole. Send him to Atlanta and make him an Anderson. Bill looked and said, Jay, well, that's a great idea. You're right. I'll call him. Lundy, I'll let you know something next TV. That's the only conversation I ever had with Bill Watts in five months. So I hope that's the answer, but. Let's, uh, let's do another one here with Dustin King. Many consider the 93 version of the four horsemen to be the worst incarnation and a bit of a fantasy booking based off the roster in may of 93. Who would you have chosen to be, fill the two remaining slots? And, uh, he lists all the talent here. Uh, I guess they're on solely.org. Uh, but you know who the other two members were, who could it have been? Obviously you and Rick, 
Some other names could have been Bobby Eaton, Sting, Hayes, Simmons, Pillman, Zinc, Brad Armstrong, uh, Barry Windham, Vader, Dustin Rhodes, Johnny B. Bad, Steve Austin, Cactus Jack, Rick Rude, Ricky Steamboat, DDP, Bagwell, Eric Watts, Johnny Gunn, Tex Lazinger, Shanghai Pierce, Paul Orndorff, Too Cold, Regal, Chris Benoit, Max Payne, Rage, Kent Cole, Keith Cole, uh, Davy Boy Smith, Sid Vicious, and Paul Roma. So, who were the guys that were in place? Well, he's asking if you just hit the reset button in '93, and it's you and Rick. Who would the other two be? We know Roma wound up being one of them. Uh, of course, most people would have liked to have seen it be Tully, but that didn't happen. But I got to tell you, until I just read this question, I never thought about Paul Orndorff as a horseman, but that could have worked. Um, yeah, Steve, Steve Austin could have worked. That would have been badass. And I know you probably would have liked to see Brad Armstrong or, uh, Bobby Eaton. There's a lot of talented dudes in there. Did any of those names jump out as potential horseman material? If we would have done it in 93 and where everybody was in their career at that time, I would say Ted DiBiase and Kurt Henning. They were, uh, not yet in WCW though, out of the roster that was there. Oh, that we're going by just who was there. Yeah. So this is not a true wish list. I'm sorry. Yeah. Apologize. Just a wish list for the WCW roster at the time. So of the folks under contract, who could we have pulled? I would have, Hey, I, I wanted Benoit yeah. for a long time. So he's on there. So who's number four. Damn. I like, you know, you said Paul Orndorff. That's kind of good, isn't it? Boy, that caught me. I like it. I mean, he just, let's, he, he's hey, he's vicious. He was a great baby face, but man, he was a kick-ass heel too. Paul was a great, great performer across the board. He could do it all. If, if Dusty was still working, you got to think Dustin Rhodes turning on his dad could have been a hell of a story and just kick that thing off again. That's if you would have had the baby faces to line up yes. against us right, and go with it all the way, you know what I mean? The difference in WCW, it's my opinion, and Jim Crockett promotions is with Jim Crockett, you had a set number of guys on the crew. Say it was 20, 25 guys total on the crew. Angles were usually six months. You would take months to build them. And then when you popped them, when you popped that angle, you went to every one of your markets with it and you made sure the TVs stayed current. You did a lot of things and you would get six months out of an angle. Everything was too short-sighted in six months with WCW Hell, you may run through three bookers. Right. And three executives who were the boss. So each time a guy would come in, the direction would change and the faces and names would have changed. So I don't think in WCW, I never felt like when Tully didn't make it, I don't think the company ever truly committed to the horsemen being what they were. And uh, I get it. You know, some things you can't rehash. I think Rick and I and Tully could have added one guy 
and we could have got back hot if they would have stuck with it. We could have also, I, I always felt after that retirement and they did the parody, if you would have left Kurt with the horseman and featured it, you could have had a hell of a run with the NWO and the horseman then right there. Can you imagine in 93, if Tully did come back, let's let Rick go chase the world title. He can, you know, feud with Barry Windham, the old horseman for the, for the NWA title. You and Tully just pick up where you left off. Y'all are going to be tag champs and then bring in Orndorff and let him chase the TV title. Cause he was going to be TV champ anyway, but dude, Orndorff and Tully with y'all golly, that's a bunch of badass shit talking heels. I love it. Yeah. It would have worked. I'm not, if they, if the company would have committed to it, yes, would have worked. Uh, four horsemen for life. Nice handle wants to know, Hey, Arn, I watched a podcast with black Bart. He's hilarious without trying to be, please tell me you have a funny black Bart story. Uh, yes. Are you, are you trying to think of one you can tell? <laughs> oh, Bart was, I loved Bart black Bart. I mean, he was the guy in the locker room that, you know, he was always in a good mood and he was always kidding and. You know, a guy, he was a big guy too, and he worked hard. You know, he was a good employee, always on time, all those things. J.J. Dillon, this was when uh, he was managing uh, Barbarian. Now, do you remember that? It goes all the way back to that. Yeah. Okay. So Barb was working with Black Bart. And, uh, Bart went to the ring. Uh, hold on. Let me, let me get, let me get this correct. I don't think, no, no, he wasn't working with, with barbarian. That was a mistake. I don't think that, that, uh, Paul Jones was managing barbarian at that time. I had that wrong. JJ was just in the locker room and I forget what he was doing, who he was managing. But anyway, uh, Bart went to the ring, had the match. Now he had a, a very expensive step Stetson cowboy hat that he wore to the ring. Okay. They brought it all back. All of his gear is, you know, his big jacket and, uh, the duster, I believe they're called and had that hat. And JJ took that brand new Stetson and popped it inside out. It's in the locker room. So when Bart came back, he looked at his brand new cowboy hat and it was inside out. And boy, he started raising holy hell. Now at this time, Barbarian was as big as he had been. Okay. He was jacked. He didn't say very much. He was strong as hell and he's an island boy. So Bart goes, okay. I want to know which one of you cocksuckers have fucked with my guys. That brand new hat Stetson. That some bitch was $175. And he looks around the room, and JJ is giving the towards Barb. Barb's not paying attention. <laughs> so now, I mean, Bart sells it. He thinks JJ's telling him the truth, but JJ is the one that did it. He goes over and he starts cussing out the barbarian. Like, what do you want to do that to my, my hat for you, cocksucker? 
well, do you? And he's cutting this promo. And Barbara's going, brother, what you talking about? I, I don't do it. I don't know who did it. I didn't do it. Now he's begging off this monster. And Bart is raising holy hell. That happened two nights in a row. Same promo, same setup. Barb never got out of his seat, but got cussed out two nights in a row. And uh, I don't think Bart ever found out probably until this moment who actually popped his hat inside. (laughs) Barbarian to this day does not know why he got cussed out two days in a row. Because with that dip in you don't know what the hell Bart's saying. I never did. He'd have his glasses on. He'd be looking out of the top of those glasses. But Bart was a great guy. I traveled with him some. It was a, it was an experience. Let me just say, you've got to get to adfreeshows.com. Not only do you get these shows early, but you get to see video while we're recording and seeing Arn's face during that is, uh, is worth the price of admission. Uh, four horsemen for life says, Hey, Arn, whatever happened to the patented one arm behind the back body slam that the Andersons used. I don't remember seeing that in the last few years. The last few years of me working. I mean, even now you don't see many guys do it now. No, because it was passed down to me from Gene and Oli. And it had a meaning because, you know, they would have guys submit, you know, that was, you know, a lot of the times, you know, Oli would jump off that second turn buckle. Gene would have a guy stretched out and drive that knee into his, uh, shoulder, put on an arm bar, make the guy quit. That was handed down to me and I utilized it. You know, it wasn't something that was, you know, the business has evolved and it was evolving to, you know, slamming a guy on the arm, which I thought looked vicious because you've trapped it and his own body weight came down on it. You know, I thought was a was just a good softening up move. Right. It, it wasn't a kill shot, and everybody was. You know, this was an era when guys were doing stuff off the top and clotheslining your head off and power slamming and you name it, power bombing. You know, it it wasn't that appealing, I would think, to most guys. But I had a history with it. I worked an arm a lot. I worked a body part a lot, but when I worked an arm, that was one of the things I would do to help soften it up. And people would remember Ole and Gene doing it. So it made sense. I don't know how much sense it would make for somebody else to do it. I've always wondered, and boy, I know I'm earning myself a spine buster when I see you for asking this, but back in the day in your promos, you used to say that you were brought up the old way. You take a body part, you render it useless, blah, blah, blah. And the Andersons always worked on the arm and then your finish is a spine buster. Did you ever consider an arm submission? You just mentioned a minute ago that you would, you know, your, your quote unquote family members would use an arm bar as a submission hold. Did you ever consider an arm submission or, or something like that? Until I, until I settled on, uh, the gourd buster and the spine buster, which I created both of, by the way, um, until I settled on those, I did have a few guys when I first came to Crockett was on Atlanta TV. I did have a few guys submit the arm. My first TV with Crockett, which was syndicated, I broke a guy's arm. 
if you go back to that very first TV, which will be around March the 5th or something, 1985, my very first television, they had me go out with a kid and I stayed on the arm and broke the arm and uh, down came Manny Fernandez and stuck his nose in it. And I left him laying and that had he and I, you know, off running right. with, with an angle. My very first TV broke a guy's arm and a lot of people don't remember that, but it's a pretty good launching pad dropping Manny behind it because he was him and Dusty were the world tag team champions at that time. I believe. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. So I guess my question is when you adjust to the spine buster or the gourd buster, does you consider adjusting the rest of your offense to not just be arm focused? And I did, I thought I did anyway, I would, you know, uh, if I decided I was going to work on a guy's leg, I stayed on the leg. If it was a back, I tried to stay on the back, but, uh, I, I did believe you could wear a guy down, wear his arm down to where he had problems fighting back. Yes. Which left him susceptible to a power move. Yes. Because he couldn't protect himself like he could if he had both arms. So weakening that arm had more strategy in it than just getting a guy's arm where it couldn't he couldn't use it and then making him submit. It was basically to get him at a disadvantage where I could stick him with a power move was the psychology. Uh, one last question, and this is uh, a non-wrestling question. We get a lot of these, and it's fun to do, and we'll go out with this one. Ben wants to know, what are Arn's top five favorite movies, and what genre of film does he generally enjoy the most? Five top movies. Uh, top Gun, I enjoyed. Uh, Deer Hunter. Robert De Niro. Wow. Yeah. Um, McClintock, John Wayne. I can see that. Funny as hell. Funny as hell. Uh, that's three, right? That's three. We got one, two left. Um, I don't think I enjoyed it. As a matter of fact, I know I don't, I didn't enjoy it, but it, how about this? It had a huge impact on me. Can we count that? Yes. When I was 15, I was in Washington state. Uh, I had rode out there, drove out there actually from Rome, Georgia. He was in the military and he had 30 days off and he was going to spend it in Tacoma, Washington. So I rode out there with him and I was going to ride back with him. And I spent the summer one month of that summer with him out there. And it's when the exorcist debuted. I knew you were going to say that. My mom tells me this story all the time to this day. It's the scariest movie she's ever seen in her life. It was way ahead of its time. I, I assume it made a profound impact on a 15 year old Marty Lundy too. Well, especially because it was just, they were pro, you know, everybody was protesting it. Right. Nope. Nobody was going in this movie. He and I went and we're the only ones in there. Wow. And it was an old school with the big high 
like velvet curtains yep. everywhere. I mean, it was like a big, just a creepy overall movie theater. It messed with me so bad that when we went back, he was, he was, we were staying with his parents, his mom and dad, and his dad was in the military too. It messed with me so bad that I sat up on the dryer all night long because I could have the light on in the room. It messed me up, buddy. You just didn't see stuff like that in movies back then. No kidding. And if you haven't seen it, don't. Because it is brutal. Uh, One last one. Okay. Let me think about it. That's a place of prominence. Let me think about that. Hey, while, while you're thinking, have you ever watched The Exorcist with your kids? No. Yeah. I don't think they've seen it. Barrett may have seen it. But I know Aaron hasn't seen it, and I know Brock has it, and he has no he has no intentions of seeing it. And I, I don't want to see it ever again. I saw it that one time. That's it. When that head turned around on her shoulders, I flipped. I came out of my chair, brother. Yes, I did. Okay, last one, last one, last one. I know I'm going to skip over something that that I really, that I went, damn, I should have said that. Let me think for just a second. Uh, maybe, how about Platoon? Okay. I, I think it had a, probably a, close as you can get to a story being told in a real setting and all the gore and all the stuff that those guys went through it, you know, unbelievable. It's probably as realistic as anything maybe of a war movie. Yeah. I mean, it, I've watched it several times and it's just the little details, you know, that, that, that go in it. And I'm sure there's a lot of other movies that I haven't just aren't on the tip of my tongue, but, those five I liked a lot. Well, something four, you didn't like a lot. Uncensored 96. That's our topic next week. Arn, are you excited about this? Uncentered, uncensored 96? Yeah, that's where I had you and, uh, well, 90 other heels against Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage in a triple cage. Oh, that show sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make oh, you... Re- are we actually going to watch that? Well, I'm not going to make you. Yeah. You have to watch it ahead of time. So you'll be fresh. Well, yeah. And I, I don't want to watch it. Well, this got the Loch Ness on it. Giant haystacks. He's wrestling the giant. Oh, they got Colonel Robert Parker wrestling Medusa. You don't love this show. He was, uh, that he was great big. Wasn't he? Yeah. He was a big that, fella. Colonel Parker wrestled Medusa on the show. I love Colonel Parker. He's always entertaining, but I think he was part of this stinker too. Dude, there's so much to unpack. It's uncensored 96. That's our topic next week. We'll be back in two weeks with another hashtag ask Arn anything. If you want to participate in the show, it's easy. Just follow us on Twitter at the Arn pod or I'm sorry, at the Arn show. I got, you got you confused with Kurt angle. Hey, have you I got to cut you off. Okay, please do movie. Yeah. You said five. Wait a minute. 
Josie Wales. Oh, you forgot one. I like it. Josie Wales. Do you like Josie Wales? Can I, can I be honest? I've never seen it. Watch it. And the next time we talk, I want an update. Do you like Clint Eastwood? Yeah. You'll love Josie Wales. What year did that even come out? 76. Yeah. I'm negative five. I never saw that one. Awesome. Oh, wait. If, you know what? If you like Clint Eastwood. No, I have seen this. My dad made me watch this. I like that one. That was a good one. Your dad likes it. Oh, my dad's a Western nut, dude. I, my man, my man. I knew I liked your dad. I grew up having to watch the rifleman. I mean, until I was like 12, like every day of my life, it was the rifleman. And then how about the big Valley? Uh, I saw that too. I know every episode of Bonanza forwards and backwards. Yeah, it's good stuff. All of it. Hoss and little Joe, you guys were like the, if you guys, if the Bonanza crew where they were going to be the four horsemen, Hey, they already had a Mongo too. Um, who would you have been? Oh, you know, I'd have to be Hoss. <laughs> See, that's just you. That's just you blistered me again. You knew the answer. I love it. I couldn't say I would be the young, tanned little Joe. Who was going to buy that shit? Who would that be? Well, that'd be your spot, I would imagine, right? No, no, I'm saying I wasn't in the horseman. Although JJ did sign a picture to me once and said, I consider you an honorary horseman. I'd and be I the worst. I wasn't in Bonanza either, but that's not the question. Well, the question was if the horseman and Bonanza were to switch places, which one would you be? And you went Hoss, I guess Flair's little Joe. I guess. Yes. And there already is a Mongo. Where would that leave? Wait a minute. Flair might've been the dad. Okay. You know, the dad was perfect. I mean, he had that, that blonde hair slick back. He was tanned and shit. He was the boss. He had his shit together. Right. I guess hero Matsuda's hop sing. <laughs> you tell him. <laughs> I don't need a broken leg. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. About doing it. Get him in the ring and say, ah, oh, hero, you are hop sing. <laughs> Where the ponytail. <laughs> and then he'd get you in a, a knee bar and blow your knee out. And that'd be it. Well, that's it for us this week. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, check us out at. The Arn Show. I almost said the Angle Pod right there. Have you heard the Angle Pod yet? Have you listened to any Kurt shows yet? Oh, I am so f- looking forward to Kurt, and uh, uh, he's settling in well, right, everybody? He's, he's special, guys. Let me just say this. Kurt Angle is a Olympic gold medalist heavyweight wrestling champion. That makes him special, and the stories yeah. he has to tell, being a talent from the era that he came from, it's all going to be recent right up to – now, you know, he just hasn't been gone from the company long. And God, I can only imagine the stories that he has to tell from the locker room and stuff that I wouldn't be privy to. Conrad wouldn't be privy to. This guy's going to have a whole different slant on everything. And uh, what a performer. He, he uh, figured our business out. And uh, man, he, he really got over. And he's something special when you're a guy, when you're an Olympic gold medalist, you're something special. So it's going to be incredible listening. I can't wait. The topics out there already are WrestleMania 19 from the Olympics to pro wrestling, WrestleMania retirement, WrestleMania 21 against Sean. And, uh, this week we dropped no way out 2001, the story of his match with the rock for the world title, but coming up in two weeks, we've got Kurt's rookie year. 
And later this year, I can't believe this is a thing. We're going to talk about Fox catcher. Do you know that whole story about the murder and John DuPont and all that? Yeah. That DuPont was a nutcase. It's going to be a hell of a story, man. It's the Kurt angle show. You don't want to miss it. Uh, it airs Sunday, every Sunday morning, 6 AM here on Westwood one, anywhere you enjoy podcasts, it's totally free. But if you want to see video of the show and get them early and ad free, you can do so over at adfreeshows.com. Until next week, he is at the Orange Show. I am Hey Hey, it's Conrad, and we are out of time. Don't forget to watch AEW this weekend. Arn and I will be. We'll see you soon, right here on Arn. Hey, what if I had a secret where you could pay off your credit cards? You could pay off your car. You could even retire 13 years earlier. It's not a secret, baby. It's SaveWithConrad.com. Come on. Asked Toby in Edmond, Oklahoma. He left us a five-star review and wrote, Conrad's team was able to do everything I hoped for. They helped me reduce my mortgage term by 13 years. Think about that, folks. 13 years. Now, there's 12 house payments, of course, in a year. Duh. And if you're doing 13 years, that's 156 payments. You know what your mortgage payment is. Multiply it in your calculator by 156. That's how much old Toby saved. Not only that, he wrote, they paid off my car, my credit cards, and dropped my interest rate significantly. So let's recap. If you could go ahead and pay your house off 13 years faster, and oh, by the way, pay your car off with a greater tax deduction and a cheaper interest rate, and get rid of your credit cards and their high interest rates and get a greater tax deduction there, and also reduce your overall interest rate, how do you lose you don't. This is a win-win-win situation, and that's what we believe in at SaveWithConrad.com. And oh, by the way, if you have a car loan, if you have credit card debt, not only is the interest rate higher than what you'd be paying if you went to SaveWithConrad.com, it's not tax deductible. You get to write off your mortgage interest. You don't get to write off that interest on your car. You can't write off interest on your credit cards, but you can on your mortgage. So why wouldn't you get a better rate on your mortgage? Cut the years down, get rid of the car payment, get rid of the credit cards, retire faster by retiring your debt faster. We can run the numbers for you and your family right now at First Family. Just go to SaveWithConrad.com. That's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And did I mention no house payments for two months? It's SaveWithConrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.